Hi everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show and thank you very much. This show is sponsored by liquid.com. Be the change and also by Crypto101's Chinese Guide to Cryptocurrency. Pick it up November 1st wherever you buy your ebooks or paperbacks. Yo yo, welcome back to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron, and today we're sitting with the COO of Elf, Mr. Chun Juling, to give us an Elf 101. And with the Elf 101, he was very kind enough to give us a 101 on a lot of different aspects of Elf to let us know more about blockchain and blockchain technology. So we are going to go through parallel processing, side chains, main chains, kernels, and nodes. So. Sit back, relax, and let's listen to Elf 101 and a lot of good 101 topics and informations about the tech. But before we get into that conversation, as always, please go to crypto101podcast.com. There you can find our iTunes link. Please go to iTunes, rate us, subscribe, and leave us a comment. Also, you can follow us on our social medias, our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Instagram. There you can be part of the conversation or just hang out to know what's going on in the Crypto 101 land. Also, if you ever want to get a hold of us, you can DM us on Twitter or you can go to the contact button on our website and send us an email. Now, without further ado, here's Mr. Chun Ju Ling with Elf 101 with a little bit of blockchain 101 sprinkled into it. We'll see you after the show. Mr. Chun Ju Ling COO and co-founder of Elf, welcome to Crypto 101. Hi, Matthew, and all the audience of Crypto 101.、Um, thank you very much. I'm very, I feel honored, really honored to be at this show today. Oh, right on, man! You don't have to feel honored, but we're very happy to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> no, indeed, yeah. I think well, this is the first time that I got interviewed by someone who lived in,、uh, in in Taiwan. Oh, right on! Excellent, man. Where are you right now? I'm in Singapore. Oh, cool. Are you from Singapore? So I'm originally from China, but I've been living in Singapore for over ten years. So this is kind of my second home for, for quite a while. Oh, right on, right on. What part of China are you from? Southwestern part called Sichuan. Okay.、Uh, usually, I tell people that's where you know you get like spi- really spicy food, and you always want to live a life as chill as panda.、Uh, definitely, <laughs> I never managed to do that. That's my、uh, inspiration. Right, and I've been to Chengdu a couple times, and I've lived in Shanghai and Beijing for about twelve to thirteen years. Aha.、Uh-huh, okay. So I actually did my、uh, graduation trip in, to Taiwan. Lovely, lovely country.、Right. I, I really like it. Right on, right on. Well, if you ever come by, you have to hit me up, and we can go out and have some Taiwanese food, or we can find a Sichuan food restaurant. Well,、no, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> But we're not here to talk about China or food today. What we are here to do is talk about Elf. And what we want to do today is talk about well, first a little bit about yourself, get to know a little bit more about yourself. Then we want to go into Elf One Hundred One. And I want to talk about how the business start, maybe a little bit about the name. And then I want to go into what Elf is doing. Elf is doing some things with hey, I think a couple of topics we haven't had on the show before, and that is cloud computing, side chains. Kernels、mm-hmm. and parallel processing, so I'm very excited to go into a lot of one on ones on some technicals and learn about a new company. What do you think, Mr. Juling? That sounds like a fantastic idea. Alpha itself provides a full suite of you know new design to blockchain.、Um, that's why it's very hard to have like one or two sentences to explain it.、Mm-hmm. That's why I think it's really important. I'm also very willing to. You know, share some time to talk about okay, what exactly are we trying, are we doing, and what are the things we're solving、um, in this space? Well, I'm excited. So first, let's learn a little bit about yourself. Who are you, sir? Sure, I'm originally from China, from Sichuan Province.、I'm、now living in Singapore. So how I started is basically I went to Singapore for my uh, university uh, under a government scholarship.、Uh, that was quite a while ago. Um, so I have spent all my lifetime mostly in engineering and science. Yeah, so that's where I finished my bachelor degrees, and then I moved to US to get my master degrees at MIT. Always a strong believer in terms of、uh, technology moving forward, the human society. But one interesting thing is that right after graduation, I actually get onto the business side. So I joined one of the leading strategy consulting firm as a consultant. So I travel around Southeast Asia, advising governments and also large corporates 
on certain strategic topics. Things could be okay, how to improve a country's financial system, or it could be okay, how do we improve certain aspects of uh, telecommunication systems? So I spent almost five years uh, in that space, looking at different emerging markets. Again, technology always come onto the table as one of the options when we are trying to do something bold and revolutionary. So that that engineering thinking always came back to me. I'm asking myself, you know, okay, am am I going to be a consultant for the rest of my life, or should I do something in the technology space? That's why at the end of 2016, I started to spend more time uh, into blockchain technology and the crypto space because I have some friends who has been in this space for quite a while. So that's where I start to look at to realize the potentials of blockchain. You know, how to instill fairness, how to instill transparency, how to redefine. You know, as a society, how people do things and get rewarded. So it's a very interesting combination of technology and also、uh, collaboration among human beings. So I I get very convinced that this is a space I really want to be, and I start to see this will go way beyond cryptocurrency.、Uh, probably go into like every different aspects of business because business is about human and human interaction. It's about reward and giving. It's about how to collaborate on a fair and transparent. Uh, basis, so all those things ticking, and then I start to talk to people because I realize that okay, the current systems is perfect for cryptocurrency. It's secure, but okay, the scalability side, the speed is still a lot of limitation. That's why companies always are taken aback from、uh, using it. So last year, when I was in China, I met、uh, my co-founder、uh, Hao Bo. Some fun facts about him. So he doesn't talk much, and he doesn't speak English well. However, he's been in the crypto space ever since 2013 as a developer. So he has built a couple of things, you know, crucial、uh, elements in this space. So he has done a payment system, and he has also built a、uh, exchange, which is still up running in Canada. Yeah. So we're talking about okay. So what are the things needed in this space? And we think one of the fundamental needs. Is to build a blockchain platform that is fast enough and that is also flexible enough to 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 fulfill the different business requirements. So that's why in t-、uh, August last year, we actually posted our we we issued our、uh, white paper on GitHub.、Mm-hmm. Uh, by then, it was under a different name. It's called Grid G R I D because we use this name to resonate. To resemble, you know, the the multi-chain structure that we're using, it looks like a grid.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then the funny thing is,、uh, during that time, there was another project、uh, in U.S. called Grid Plus.、Mm-hmm. They came,、um, they they moved、uh, moved on、uh, faster than us. So you had to change the name. <laughs> yeah, it's an energy project. So、uh, number one, we are not an energy project, and we also don't want associated with that perception of of that project. We want to be more unique. Then we sat down, saying, "Okay, we gotta change the name. What should we call it?" So both of us are gamers.、Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a pretty hardcore、uh, StarCraft player,、right. and he's more of a、uh, WarCraft guy. Yeah. So for me, I'm taking a few names from StarCraft, and he's taking from WarCraft. Seems like WarCraft gets more popularity in the world, and you know some of the names are probably easier to understand. Yeah. In the end, we say, "Okay, yeah, we like the elf, the elf race." <laughs> yeah, why don't we just use that? Yeah, and he added a little bit of twist because it, it, it could be as simple as E L F. Right. He said, "No, no, no. Let's make it ancient. You know, okay. Let's look into the dictionary.、Uh, what's the ancient way of spelling elf? Oh, so this is the ancient、um, way. Yeah, I mean, according to him, so that's、uh, that's why we use the A E L F.、Uh, A and E supposed to be linked together.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but just for the simplicity, then we split up. I mean, also kind of give us an advantage because、uh, in terms of alphabetical order,、uh, A kind of stands out. Right,、uh, and it's always at the top、front. of the list. 
Yep, yep. That's also what we were trying to achieve. It's, it's funny um, how many people like put uh, their hobbies as their names of the company. Endor, Kyber, and Elf. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, speak about that. Because uh, Lloyd is a very good, good friend of mine. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, oh, yeah, that's right. He's also Singapore. He was on the show, too. In fact, we, we are, our office are in the same building. I enjoyed talking with him, and we chat every so often. So David is also in the, in the same building. Um, so in Singapore, we have this crypto hub, which is like one single building. Quite a number of projects are all in the, in the same building. So it's easy to, for us to talk to each other. It's, it's easy for people to find you then. <laughs> pitch you, pitch yeah, you that, ideas. That's also true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a personal question, and I hope this isn't weird. But the things that you said that you like about blockchain, you said transparency, freedom. Mm-hmm. How do those juxtapose with, say, people's idea of, China mainland. You said you lived in Singapore for the past 10 years. How does that juxtapose with China mainland and their perceived control of, say, blockchain, the internet, and communications, and the fundamental, I guess, driving force behind blockchain technology and new ways to think about companies? Mm-hmm. It, it's, a, it's a two-way interaction, right? Uh, in every single country, um, you have a top-down ideology and also um, kind of like a movement but also you have a bottom up. I think right now China is still at a stage that um, the whole society is trying to figure out, you know, what's the best interaction of these two forces. I mean, I, we, we still see a very prominent role of the government uh, in the society, but internet itself, as we could see, at least in the past 10 years, I, I do think that it liberalized uh, information uh, in China. Maybe not to the extent that uh, compared to other countries, but at least information flows much faster and at least almost borderless uh, in this case. Right. I agree. Also, you know, we, we also start to see our Chinese internet companies going overseas, also trying to find how to define their own values uh, in the global stage. I think it's still, it's still a long journey and a lot of struggles. In the long run, I, I see this as a very good term, you know, uh, we're getting information and for blockchain it's going to be getting the values of borderless and more interactions uh, uh, across uh, multiple countries. Right, right. So before we start talking about ELF, what I want to do is I want to define a couple terms, give a 101 on a couple different aspects of what ELF is trying to do. And those terms are parallel computing, parallel processing, cloud computing, side chains, kernels, and multi-chain. So if we could just go through the list in maybe one or two minutes, see if we can do a one-on-one in each of those definitions. What do you think? Yep, that sounds like a plan, Matt. Cool. Then let's start with parallel computing, parallel processing. What is it? Okay. A simple example is that remember back in maybe like 1990s when we used computer, there is a single core computer. Yeah. So what it does is that, okay, it does all the transactions one by one. This is kind of similar to what blockchain is doing right now. You know, all the transactions has to be uh, in a queue and they will be processed one by one. And same as computer, now we have moved to Mm multi-core. So that means that actually you could process transactions in parallel. This is what we're trying to achieve uh, in blockchain as well. As long as transactions are independent from each other, we don't see any reasons why they should not be processed uh, in parallel. Hmm. This will significantly increase the processing speed. Now, can you have a double spend if you're doing it in parallel? Okay, that may happen if those two transactions are dependent from each other. For example, if I only have $2, but I made two transactions, one $2 to you and another $2 to Sarah, so if these two are processed in parallel, then we have a problem. That's why the, the key thing here is about detecting the transaction dependency and only put the independent ones being processed in parallel. Never use any related transactions processed at the same time. Right on. What is cloud computing? And could you do a, just a brief 101 on what is decentralized cloud computing and on a blockchain network? Sure. Okay. I, I'm going to take computer um, again as an example. You know, uh, traditionally, uh, companies first start with using their own servers. So they deploy their own computers. Um, 
But then, okay, uh, nowadays, the new trend is to move towards, um, you know, a third-party provider that actually has many more computers and some of the computers specialize in data storage, some specialize in computation and other tasks. So in blockchain, um, right now, the most popular consensus is that Okay, every single computer has to do exactly the same tasks. This brings in a lot of security. However, this also brings in a lot of inefficiency because there's a lot of reputation and also redundancy of t in terms of the work they need to do. So this makes blockchain, uh, blockchain systems slow. So what we believe in is number one, that the nodes should be specialized. That's why we chose, we elect nodes that will perform the tasks. And within each node, we move away from traditional one single computer as a node, we actually assemble a group of computers as a node. So these computers, some of them will specialize in data storage, some will specialize in computation. So the benefit of this is number one, this is already faster than a single computer. And number two, if there is any bottleneck in certain of the tasks, we can always add new computers to scale up the node. Yeah, so this is very similar to, so every single node you could consider is like a Amazon cloud or a Azure uh, service. So if you want to do this in a decentralized way, basically you don't just use one of these cloud provider to perform everything you use like multiple ones mm -hmm. and they will always cross check with each other so that you don't rely on a, sing a single party and the risk of the whole system down is much lower because if one node is down then the other node can continue the task right on there's something else that elf does that we also need to do a one-on-one on is multi-chain side chains what is multi-chain and what is a side chain so if we look at like Bitcoin and Ethereum, so what they do is they have one single blockchain. So every transaction, all the data storage, all the smart contracts, it's hosted on one single chain. This is fine for Bitcoin because Bitcoin only does one thing. It's a decentralized P2P payment system. However, for a system that wants to support smart contracts, so that means, you know, any kind of solution uh, any kind of programs you can be run on that system so we foresee thousands of smart contracts will take place in the future right so that if you put all those 1000 smart contracts on one blockchain it comes with a few problems number one it gets really crowded and that one blockchain is not capable of supporting all those uh, smart contracts and number two if I am one of the developers from of a smart contract, I have to pray that no other uh, smart contract is blocking the blockchain. Because if another guy is getting popular, this blockchain cannot support my transactions at all. This is what happened for uh, CryptoKitty at the beginning of this year. Basically, when CryptoKitty gets really popular, a lot of transactions, no other smart contracts on Ethereum could perform the tasks during that time. That's why one of the ideas is that, okay, do we all just need to rely on one single blockchain? Why don't we just make it multiple? And in our view, if multiple chain could make things faster because basically you replicate the blockchain and so the speed also gets uh, multiplied. And the other thing is that if we put different smart contracts on different chains, then they kind of have their own space and they do not interfere with each other. So this is similar like basically you expand a highway from a single lane to multi-lane. Some of the lanes you allow motorbikes, some of the lanes you allow trucks, and some of the lanes you allow uh, cars. So that, that's the idea of multi-chain uh, structure. Right on, right on. So the reason why I asked all those questions is because all of those ideas are in ELF. Now, if we could, what is ELF? What is it aimed to do? How are these definitions or these ideas that we just defined integrated into ELF? We believe ELF is the next generation of public blockchain that is customizable and also high performant for various business use. We are seeing a future, basically, um, any industries is going to have certain 
tasks performed on blockchain, depending on their needs. That's why we do want to have industry-specific chains running on top of ELF. So we'll have some of the chains supporting banking, another chain supporting uh, gaming, and another chain maybe supporting data storage and so on. So that's why we introduced the multi-chain structure to facilitate the various business usage in the future, to allow them to customize their own chains and also to allow them to have a good scalability in the whole system. And in order to support this more complicated and more comprehensive architecture, uh, on our node side, we bring in the decentralized cloud computing. So we enable each of our node to expand from one single computer to a group of computers. Um, so that makes each of the node much more powerful. So that is capable of supporting uh, if transactions get higher and higher in the future, we could simply just expand our nodes to, to support that needs. So you mentioned your nodes and you mentioned, actually there's two things that came out of that that I really want to go into. First is who's your target audience for ELF? Who's your target consumer? Is it the average person or is it the company? And if it is the average person, how can av the average person use ELF? And if it's not, how can the average company use ELF? And what size of company are you trying to engage with to put them into your system? Uh, that, that's, a, that's a very good question. So for us, our target is basically startups and also large companies. Because what happens right now is that when those guys, every time they want to write a smart contract and they want to perform certain tasks, right now they're facing a lot of scalability issue and also customization issue. So that's why on ELF, basically we want them to have their own freedom of performance. And also because of this more powerful node, so their smart contracts uh, could have a much better performance. So the users will make it, uh, will feel much easier to use uh, in our system. Blockchain is a very new industry. So it's, it's quite hard for us to, to predict whether the change will first start from the startups or whether the, this is gonna first start from the traditional large corporates. We're not sure about that. But what we're focusing on is that, okay, we're building a fast and capable um, blockchain system so that everyone could try it on. Just like how people are trying new things on top of Ethereum right now. So let's just say there's a startup and you, mm -hmm. and we don't know which way it's going to go. Like you just said, it could be, you know, major companies adopting ELF or it could be a startup. How would you feel that they're going to use it? What would be saying, hey, you know what? I'm a company and I'm going to do this with ELF. What are some of the use cases that you can you can see uh, rolling out in these startups? Just, you know, a, a few ideas um, to share with with you. So number one, financial services has a lot of good use cases on top of blockchain. So let's say, you know, if a, a remittance company that always need to do a lot of clearings of different currencies, they could actually use ELF as the clearing mechanism because on blockchain, everything can be settled simultaneously. At a much, and also this is much cheaper. So clearing and settlement could be done uh, on ELF. And here comes, okay, if it's a startup that wants to do this on top of ELF, or whether this is a large company that wants to do this on ELF. It's quite different. If it's a startup, they probably predict the tr initial transaction is quite low. Um, so probably they do not want to have their own sidechain at the very beginning on, on top of ELF because that means they need to run their own nodes and that's expensive. So what they could do is they could uh, leverage on all the existing miners on the ELF main chain so that they do a merge mining, and that should be already sufficient to support their initial traffic. So that's cheaper for them to run, and only when they get a high volume in the future, they could start to have their own sidechain with their own nodes. But for large corporates, it's quite different because probably they already have existing customers, and they do want to have more control and privacy of their environment. Therefore, they will come into ELF, just take our ELF sidechain template, make it their own so that they have their own nodes running and they have their own sidechain. So that chain, they could customize it as their wish. And this will be linked with the ELF system so that they can also talk to other sidechains and applications on top of ELF. 
so that's very flexible in that case. Yeah. So besides settlement, uh, we also foresee you know some gaming companies mm -hmm. will start to build games on top of Elf, and also insurance companies should be very interesting because you know all the claiming, all the insurance underwriting, those are basically contracts, and all those things could be done in the form of a smart contract of an Elf system. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And now a word from our sponsor, Liquid.com. Liquid.com is a cryptocurrency trading platform with dozens of listed cryptos in multiple fiat pairs such as Japanese yen, US dollars, Australian dollars, Singapore dollars, euros, Hong Kong dollars, and more. On the surface, Liquid is a regulation-friendly exchange with a serious focus on security, liquidity, and user experience. However, under the hood, you'll find the proprietary World Bank technology, which seamlessly matches orders between trading pairs and significantly increases liquidity. No longer is trading confined to a single trading pair. Liquid provides exclusive access to hand-picked ICOs. All ICOs go through a rigorous due diligence process conducted by experts ensuring only the best quality products make it through. Complete KYC once on Liquid and then enjoy investing in ICOs with a few simple clicks on a secure platform safe from malicious activity. And soon you can invest in ICOs directly with Fiat. Liquid was built by Coin with an aim to bridge the gap between traditional finance and token economies. The Coin team consists of banking and finance veterans from top-tier investment banks such as SoftBank, Goldman Sachs, and Merrill Lynch. Liquid is a complete cryptocurrency ecosystem built to service both individual and institutional investors at the highest level. To sign up for a Liquid account, go to the show notes, click my referral link, and get $10 added to your account after you trade $100. And before you sign up, please do your own research and make sure that your country is one of the countries that Liquid services. Now, back to the show. So basically, a company, let's just say a startup, and I'm just trying to roll, say the path of maybe a startup will take. So a startup, my name is Matthew, and Matthew's going to have Matthew Inc. And Matthew is going to do, let's just say remittance, like you said. And we're going to have, the company's going to make a, their own app. Let's just say an app or a dApp or what have you. And it's already going to have, from my server, going to have its own uh, logins and UI, UX, and then we're going to go and migrate onto a blockchain. Elf is that blockchain. So basically, Elf is the executioner of smart contracts, the if-then statements, allowing my uh, remittance to go through. However, the person who built on the blockchain has full control over their business. Is that correct? That, that's correct. Yep. Uh, if they run their own sidechain, yep. Using the, te uh, the Elf technology, yep. Now, when it comes to the servers and the nodes, who, where are the nodes? Because we say decentralized cloud serving. When we say decentralized, we always think of like, you know, not having it in, say, Google or 
Amazon or Facebook. So data is distributed. So it's not in one central place for central attacks or, or abuse by a central company. But it seems as though that these nodes are going to be either controlled by the ELF company or by the companies that are building the apps and the dApps. Is this correct that, say, the multi-nodes or the decentralized nodes are going to be owned by ELF or owned by these companies? Or can somebody, say, with a, min- with a miner or a laptop, run full nodes of sidechains or ELF's main chain? Okay, yeah. When we talk about the, the key miners, uh, we're referring to the miners to the main chain. Because the main chain is the crucial part that allows the different sidechains to talk to each other. And uh, most of the time, companies will first do uh, rely on the main chain miners before they start to do their own uh, nodes. Mm-hmm. When we talk who, about who are the, they? Are they ELF computers, ELF nodes, or are they average people like me? Yeah, they won't be owned by ELF. So what's, what's going to happen is that, okay, we will allow all the token holders to run for the election of becoming those nodes. Uh, you know, there could be a, a group of token holders, like average people, they decided to uh, form up their own node that run, that has a group of computers, uh, could just follow a open sourced cloud architecture. Or there could be some companies that specialize in uh, providing cloud computing, and um, they also agrees on the Elf vision, then they joined this election. So what's going to happen is that each of them is going to pitch to the uh, to the society, and end of the day, that in year one, seventeen nodes will be elected based on the token holder votings. And each year, uh, what I have, we will add two more nodes into the system. So it'll be seventeen, nineteen, twenty-one, and it gets more and more because that's how we see the 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 system gets more mature and also. Uh, we want to add more decentralization into the system. Those nodes will not be owned by ELF. Those will be elected among the society. Is this a proof of work, proof of stake, or is it a hybrid masternode system? Um, so it, it's a dedicated proof of stake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's why we need to run a voting. And also this is based on the, the staking in the system. So there is actually room for manipulation in this, isn't there? So if somebody has, say, a lot of tokens or coins, or like you said, a, a company with a cloud, a cloud server, I don't know what they're called, farm, warehouse, whatever, and they mm-hmm. uh, have a controlling, a controlling, say, stake in, in ELF, they can not only control the network, but also manipulate the network as well. Is that true? It, it is. I mean, theoretically, okay, if there is one single party that really you know, sees there is a huge potential in ELF and they want to buy a lot of tokens, they could have the, the, the power to manipulate it. This is the same as, you know, if in a proof of work, if somebody owns a lot of hash powers, uh, they could also theoretically endanger the, the whole system. However, the, that is not to their best interest because if they start to manipulate the system, then probably the value of the network also goes down so whatever tokens he holds is also gets less valuable in this case. Let's say if uh, Google, because they're a big company, they have okay. lots of money. Let's just say Google. Google says, you know what? We're not building our own blockchain, but this Elf looks dope. We're going to get on Elf. And so they mm-hmm. you know, buy up 54% of all the, to- all the tokens, all the, all the coins that are there. And they are running the biggest server. With this, they can... 51% um, double spend, they can manipulate everybody. What about the side chains? Are the side chains vulnerable to the wills of Google, let's say? Or and can Google just kick them out? If a big company starts using this, and let's just say the mass adoption of ELF becomes you know, very prominent, and you know, a lot of companies are there, and one company just grows really fast with ELF, and they actually become you know, a majority, let's say, we'll call it a uh, staker what mm-hmm. threats do they have to the other companies that are running sidechains okay number one i do believe that okay if it gets really uh, attractive uh, there should be there won't be just one single company uh, will be interested to becoming a node so the competition will definitely comes in um, actually when it gets more and more popular um, the risk of centralization or like one single group gets too big uh, it's it's less what we are worried about is actually more at the very beginning, you know, when the value of the network is still small. So it's more prone to, uh, to manipulation and attack. Um, 
yeah, that's why at the very beginning, our foundation also will observe um, the whole process and making sure that, okay, no one is manipulating uh, the system. Yeah, so if let's say in a situation where uh, one node is, is, is too big, uh, or maybe like one guy owns more than 50% of all the nodes. Yeah, so the risk, there, there is a risk. And for the side chains, uh, the risk is basically uh, when they want to do work across chain with other side chains, uh, they have to rely on the main chain. So that main chain may do some manipulation for that. Or they can block but, them out, couldn't they? Just say, you know what, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got shit yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that happened in the... That happened in the uh, Bitcoin uh, miners in the past as well. Right. Uh, basically, they just just block certain uh, transactions they, they don't like. Right. Um, I mean, so they, if yeah. the transactions are expensive, they're going to take the more ex or expensive ones. The people that are just trying to pay for you know ten cents. You know, when Bitcoin went to twenty thousand, they're like, hey, you know, those got to wait. That's why it was backordered. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Is there is there any protection against that? And also, that's a good point that you brought up. And I'm sorry that I'm going really far into this whole um, ownership aspect because I think that this is a very interesting case that might you know come up. I mm -hmm. what about like mergers, mergers and say acquisitions of chains? You could actually say have like different majority stakeholders in the in the chain, and they could just merge to become the majority and that's or or a, a minority i'm sorry a majority could have lots of like they like slice it up like a salami right they get salami and put slices into the chain uh own all kinds of bits without anybody knowing and then merge them and to become the majority or holder is there any safeties or precautions thought about to prevent say that like a hostile takeover okay that, that's a very good question uh that's why we're working on the government side uh, so you're talking about two side chains that they merge with each other. Yeah, this is, yeah you know, like this is say like um, I find value in Elf. I know Elf is working hard and I know that they're going to, you know, land some big contracts. You know what? The best thing I, I could do is start hedging my bet and making making my companies on Elf. And I know that they're under like I'm um, say a uh, one umbrella company and then eventually just merge it and take over the whole the whole uh, blockchain. Isn't that a possibility? Kind of like shareholders do, or merging mm -hmm. two different companies, like company A, company B, and then they just you know take over or reverse merger into the United States, or yeah, I mean from um, from a stake point of view, yes, it could happen. Uh, it could happen for two ways. Right? One is for for a good way is basically that okay, if two side chains think that uh, it's too expensive to run uh, two independent chains on Elf, then they merge, they share the same, uh, or they, they they increase the number of nodes on their. For, the, for their side, so you actually increase the security for both of them. Um, the other way is that, okay, for a more hostile way, they, they, they combine all their tokens and maybe they get a lot of stake, so they wanna influence the whole network. I mean, just based on the, uh, the, the governance that we have or the economic system we have right now, I mean, we, we have to respect people's assets and people's tokens. So yeah, in, in this case, it's, it's a very challenging and very difficult part. But, you know, as long as we make sure that the whole community sees the value of ELF uh, is being decentralized, would be, be being decentralized and being secure. So if these kind of things happens, um, we really think, you know, those guys will lose more because actually come, people will, will slow down adopting it. There right. could be a fork actually in this case. Right on, right on. How did Elf get an eighty million dollar market cap? I'm I'm sorry because I didn't look into the fundraising. Was it ICO VC? Mm -hmm. And right now it's eighty million dollars. It's in the top eighty of cryptocurrencies or digital assets that are on the market right now. That's quite impressive. How did Elf become that in such a short time? So we we didn't do a public sale. We only did a private token sale because uh, you know for our system we're targeting a very ambitious goal is to facilitate uh, business using us, small and large businesses. Yeah, that's why we think it's very important that we get our initial investors with a lot of uh, resources, meaning that, you know, either they are very deep embedded in uh, in the crypto space or these are the ones that can bridge us with uh, businesses. We re raised 25 million at last year. Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, during the, 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 along the way for the past eight, uh, 10 months now, um, Number one is that okay, our tech development is very steady. I think our um, our updates is probably one of the most active ones among all the projects. Mm -hmm. We're and also because we're building something like brand new, 
So people do see the values of, okay, why we're doing multi-chain, why we're doing uh, cluster nodes. You know, we're doing this for a reason, okay, for flexibility, for performance. And it's, it's, not, a, it's not an easy job because this is a brand new uh, architecture. We're, we're writing all the codes from scratch. So we're not leveraging any other project's codes. Um, so I think, you know, all those efforts we put into this project are seen by the community. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have a pretty uh, active community as well. Um, so I think all those factors combined give us a quite good market cap to reflect all the efforts. Right on, right on. Before we go into general questions, is there anything else that you want to make sure that everybody knows about ELF? I think one thing is that, I mean, ELF is a very interesting system, you know, because uh, we're using multi-chain, we're using cluster nodes. So that's why it's, it's kind of solving a, a few problems at the same time. That's why it's not like, okay, we can have one word to describe it. For example, sharding, or we say, okay, um, just uh, off-chain off -chain, uh, off transactions. But we do believe, you know, what this current market needs is a full suite of solutions so that developers feel it uh, painless, painless um, to develop smart contracts. Users feel it very smooth to use it as well. Yeah, that's why, you know, we do encourage people to, to look more into ELF. Right on, right on. I guess on the general question, sir. Okay. Who do you respect or look up to in the crypto space? If one person is going to tweet or write a blog or go on the news or a talk show, who's somebody that you would make time in your day to read or listen to? I think I got a couple, of, uh, quite a few guys that um, I really like to hear their, their thoughts. You know, from the tech side, okay, I think Vitalik is, is a really good guy, an inspiring guy. Um, you know, and he leads uh, Ethereum to a quite big success. Um, the other guy I uh, follow quite a lot is uh, CZ, uh, the CEO of Binance, because he's more of a practical and down-to-earth guy. Yep. Sometimes he know he understands. You know, you need to make like hard decisions, um, or sometimes you know, instead of just discussing ideology, okay, get something done, see the results, learn from it, and move on. You know, I, I think that's that's quite different sometimes from a technical point of view. Um, you know, people strictly focusing on the ideology, um, maybe sometimes too much, but without making real actions. Um, the other guy I, I like to speak a lot is uh, uh, personally is uh, Michael Arrington. Um, so he's the the founder of uh, TechCrunch, very vocal, um, outspoken guy uh, in crypto space, uh, very active as well. He's also an advisor to Elf. Um, uh, he's been helping us um, a, a lot. Are you on Twitter? Uh, yes, I am. Right on. Do you, who, who do you follow on Twitter that you know is entertaining? If you're an entertainer in the crypto space, who's the person that you follow? Is, is there anybody <laughs> um, like Crypto Dog or? <laughs> um, you don't have to have an answer for that one. That could be a no too. <laughs> and no, no, some like no immediate uh, guy names uh, in my mind. Yeah. What what project do you think will have the most impact in the future? I guess the question for that that's a little too general. I guess what I'm trying to ask with this question is there are many different ideas coming out of the space right now. I mean, wallets, um, decentralized exchanges, your project. And but what project do you think or what use case do you think is like this one is definitely going to kill it besides Elf, this one's going to kill it? Uh, I think in general, what I think is important is, number one, we need a lot of developers tools to make it easy for people to uh, develop, to build things on. Number two is that we also need we need the mass to embrace blockchain. So wallets probably more later on leaning towards the regulation side, you know, to make people feel that it's not a something flow of scam um, to change people's perception is also very important but that that definitely go like goes beyond blockchain system itself um, the third way is that we need a very successful use case you know a company that could demonstrate the values of blockchain so clearly to the to the public just like you know the the netscape uh, for the internet era so that people have a very tangible feeling of, oh, this is internet. Oh, this is blockchain. Uh, so I think that, that that's really important. Yeah, that's a good one. So you don't think there's any of those companies out there right now? There is no Netscape of blockchain yet? I, I, I'm more curious to see the results. 
yeah, and see uh, what exactly is going to happen. Uh, I, I don't have a clear view on that. Mm. Crypto 101 is positioned to be, say, one of the first stops for somebody getting into the crypto space. This could very well be one of the first interviews they listen to coming into the space. What would you want the new person to know about getting into cryptocurrency, blockchain, digital assets, and the future? Okay, I think the advice come from me is that I think everybody should be uh, open-minded and not just looking at the surface of what other people are talking about blockchain, but do some homework, make your own judgment. Yeah, because, you know, Bitcoin starts at the very beginning, basically trusting no one, safeguarding your own asset. So I would say right now, it's trust no one's knowledge and safeguard your own judgment. So that's what I'm trying to say to people. Right on. You know, I had an email just yesterday come in. And one of the things that Crypto 101 really advocates about is that the blockchain space is is emerging and growing at such a rapid pace that there are lots of jobs and possibilities for the average person to take their profession and transition into blockchain. What would you be your recommendation or suggestion or advice to somebody that is not into blockchain, maybe doesn't have a technical background and wants to start working for crypto companies? Yeah, actually, I had a, quite a few uh, interviews on this, you know, because as my view here is basically every blockchain company uh, traditionally is more tech driven. Probably you have like 80% people uh, in the tech side, the remaining people maybe on the supporting role. But blockchain space is maturing up and it's getting more like a um, typical startup. So that means, okay, various roles will open up. For example, even finance, every company is going to need an account accountant. You need a controller. Uh, on the marketing side, okay, you also need people who, are, who can run your social media. You need people who can do uh, community engagement. You need graphic designers. So act actually all kinds of roles is going to open up. Uh, I wouldn't say all projects are doing it that way, but at least for Elf and a few other projects, I know that this is definitely ongoing. The person who gave, sent me an email the other day, he was a log cabin builder. I'm, I'm not joking about this. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, no, I'm... Looking at the email, and I'm thinking about how to reply. And my reply to this guy would be, I think that there are a lot of conferences. There are a lot of places that are, for example, Consensus, Consensus Singapore. And they do all kinds of booths and things like that. Maybe somebody like that could work for Consensus and make sure that all the booths are constructed properly, aligned properly, organized properly uh, for the people that are going to the conference. Or maybe help build the stage or what have you. What would you, what would you recommend to somebody like him? Matt, I think you you are more creative than I do, and um, I think that makes actually a lot of sense. I mean, the other option could be okay. He started to do some merchandise uh, branded with um, blockchain companies. Could be Mr. Chen Juling, COO of Elf. Before I ask this last question, I want to say thank you very much for coming on Crypto One Hundred and One. Thank you for your time, and thank you for answering some of the hard questions that I was asking today about well merger mergers of of blockchain and side chains and main chains and things like that. I appreciate that. I mean, honestly, I, I really enjoy this conversation. I think, you know, you are targeting you know, a very good level of uh, knowledge so that we could uh, spread the word to a bigger crowd. Um, I mean, the other thing here is that, okay, if we only talk about the topics that we are all comfortable with, we're really not advancing. We're not pushing the boundary of the industry. That's why, you know, throw the tough questions to us. Sometimes I may not be able to answer, but I will keep that at the back of my mind, you know, when we're exploring. Maybe one day I could have a clear answer to you. Your answers were very clear, but if you ever want to come back on the show, you're always welcome, sir. Okay. Thank you so much, Matt. What three songs would you like on the Crypto 101 Spotify playlist? I hope you listen to music. Spotify. Um Okay, quite random, um, but this is just my personal preference. Perfect. Um, so I, I listen to uh, Eminem quite a lot. Oh yeah, right on, man. Um, yeah, so um, <laughs> I, I love I love "Lose Yourself" from um, Eight Miles. Right on. Right yeah, on. Yeah, just that kind of you know the energy and it just reminds me you know in a certain moment of your life that 
yeah, that, that, that feeling that, okay, you've got to make something work. Uh, I think in blockchain, that is definitely making me move forward. What else? Um, we usually have people do three songs. And I do this because I like to show their personality. You know, like nobody would, ima uh, would imagine uh, that, I, I would assume that Eminem probably isn't synonymous with with what people would probably have perception of you. And I think that it's, it's interesting when you start getting to people's, you know, music habits, because it tells you a little bit about about themselves, a little maybe more vulnerable side. Like nobody would know that I jam out to Vanessa Carlton. I love Vanessa Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah um yeah the other one is quite uh, i think this is gonna be quite funny as well um so the other one is it, it, it's is another rap song uh but it's called made in china it's by okay. higher brothers yeah uh it's probably the first chinese rap song that is getting uh popularized in the western world because people traditionally don't think chinese people rap but those guys actually managed to prove that you know, also for blockchain space, you know, I sometimes start to, I, I keep on telling our team, you know, okay, this is a great chance that, you know, we push uh, the East and the West to collaborate even more, mm -hmm. even than the, the internet era. The song is called Made in China, but, you know. Made in China by the Higher Brothers, right? Cool. Yeah. Juling, thank you very much for coming on Crypto 101, and we hope to have you back soon to give us an update on ELF. Sure, absolutely. All right. Thank, thank you so you, much, sir. Matt. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. If you want to hear my personal thoughts on this project, please go to the YouTube channel Crypto 101 with Matthew Aaron for our roundup episode, usually posted two to three days after the release of this podcast. In our next episode of Crypto 101, we have an ICO 101 episode where Mr. Aaron Paul sits down with Dusk. I'm excited. And as always, before we go, ApogeeCrypto.com, the best place for your real-time prices. If you like CoinMarketCap, check them out. And CryptoNews.com, a great place for your news. We'll see you in future episodes of Crypto 101. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.